Welcome to the Creativity at Work podcast, hosted by the School of Business at Virginia Commonwealth University. Welcome to Creativity Work. My name is Ken Kahn, the Senior Associate Dean for the School of Business here at Virginia Commonwealth University. And with me today is David Gallagher, who is the CEO of Dominion Payroll Services and also was recognized this week by AACSB, which is the accrediting body for schools of businesses in the world. He was recognized as an influential leader. Welcome. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. It's an honor. Thank you for the recognition and the uh, award. And um, as I was telling you as I came in today, it's um, a fuzzy feeling for me. I really am happy, but I just see myself still as a student when I come back in these halls and I get to hang around the kids. Uh, I'm just one of them. So uh, thanks for having me. I can't wait to talk. So let's start with a little bit of your background and uh, tell us a little bit about Dominion Payroll Services. Cool. I love talking about Dominion Payroll Services. I started Dominion Payroll almost 16 years ago in Richmond, and I am a VCU grad, proud VCU alumni from the accounting department. I think you know VCU is a very important part of my life, and I love Mm -hmm. to be around the school, and it's been influential in my business as well. I started the entity after spending many years with a a large company. And I went to work in an organization as a uh, a salesperson after I spent a fairly significant amount of time in accounting and audit. And I really wanted to diversify my skills and ultimately become an entrepreneur. And uh, my father told me, Dave, before you start a business, you need to learn how to get the cash from their bank account into your bank account. So you got to go find a a sales job, probably one of the better pieces of advice I've received. So um, That was almost 20 years ago. And so as I moved around into the corporate roles associated with the big company, I loved it. It was great, but something was missing for me personally. And um, I felt unsettled. I felt maybe that um, I didn't have a mission or purpose in what I was doing and that I was maybe achieving a certain milestone in my career, but that, um, I don't know, just just wasn't complete. And um, my story of starting the company is – something I fondly remember. Um, I was in in Portland, Oregon, and uh, I had been transferred to Southern California, and we had a sales team meeting in Portland. And I got off the plane, and um, one of the salespeople that worked for us picked me up at the airport, and he said, Dave, do you you mind if we go to an appointment before we go to our meeting? And I said, yeah, sure. What are we going to do? He said, I'm on the board at the local children's museum in Portland, Oregon. I said, oh, I'd love to. You want me to go with you? He said, yeah. Will you come with me? I think you'd enjoy seeing what I do on the side, you know, in the community. I said, that's fascinating. Yeah, I'd love to. And I walked into the museum with him. And I'll never forget walking in there. And there were 20 people. They're bankers and professionals and academic leaders. And it was their community. And they were all there trying to figure out how to raise money to teach um, minority kids how to read and, and get into school systems. And I thought, oh, my goodness. This is what I'm missing. This is fascinating. This community is all working together. Um, And that immediately began my need to start my own entity and be part of something much larger. Um, So the short story is I I quit my job. I flew home, moved in with my mom and dad, and uh, had very, very little funds to start. And we just had a, a hardcore growth attitude about it. We didn't take on any debt or private equity or venture capital. And we really just worked hard to be 
um, a financial grassroots organization with a with a sense of culture and a sense of meaning and a sense of purpose. And y- you know, a lot of the things that we take for granted, right? Like treating people right, and and we say that sometimes, but we all know what it happens when you do it, right? You you create something meaningful, and people begin to have loyalty, and and they understand that maybe your value is worth more if you do that, right? And maybe you can you can charge a little bit more because the relationship is deeper, and so. Um, that that baby was was born 16 years ago, and we now have offices in Nashville and Charlotte and San Diego, Tampa, and we just completed an acquisition in Dallas, and um, our headquarters is here in Richmond. So we're having fun, very much. I'd like to also ask you about the Cameron K. Gallagher Foundation. Yeah. yeah. And I know this is a serious sure. matter, but if you don't mind me asking. I I love to talk about this, and thank you for bringing it up. Um, the Cameron K. Gallagher Foundation is a foundation that was created by my wife and I in honor of my daughter, Cameron. She is the second of our five children, and she died on March 16th of 2014. And the the topic of Cameron is a very tragic and sad story, and um, I'm like any father. I'd give anything in the world to have my daughter back. I love her, and I miss her dearly. But what Cameron has created is something, um, it drives me every day. It's extraordinary. It's maybe the most powerful thing that, um, well, it is the most powerful thing I've ever seen um, in terms of motivation and and encouragement and and hope. Cameron, as we were raising her, dealt with depression. And when she was 13 or 14, she began to show signs of anxiety and and, and sadness. And we did what I think a lot of parents do. Um, and we said, oh, honey, you're fine, right? Don't worry about it. Nobody's talking about it. We did a lot of that. We brushed it off. And Cameron kept saying to us, no, dad, something's wrong. I don't feel good. And we began to take it a little bit more seriously as she grew to her young teens, 13, 14, 15 years old. And ultimately, her depression became so serious that we would have to pull her out of school. And here's this beautiful 15-year-old kid who was a star swimmer and a great athlete and a talented student who dealt with depression. And we would all say things like, how could you be depressed, right? You have everything that that many people would want to have. How could you feel sad? And if you've ever said that to someone that feels depression, that is, that's terrible. It's it's the wrong thing to say because you immediately dissociate with maybe what they're feeling. And we were lucky to really understand that with Cameron. Cameron came to us one day and said, mom and dad, I feel better. I feel like I've, I've, I've begun to understand my depression. It will always be part of my life, but I think I understand what to do with this. But what I can't stand and deal with is the fact that when I feel sad or I feel depression, there is a stigma associated with my illness. And when I feel good, everyone treats me fine. And to Cameron, this was a massive social injustice. Wrong. Hey, I'm the same person and you're my friend, and if I am sad, how could you treat me poorly? It was very clear to her that this was wrong, and she saw this as a societal problem, not just like a Freeman problem. This was this was a big deal, and so she created a program called the Speak Up 5K. She did it behind her back because we were constantly on her to do more homework, <laughs> you know, and just do better at school. And this was when she was 15, and she ultimately became so impassioned that she wrote speeches and academic programs and grant requests to fund this grassroots program all about teaching about the stigma of depression. And you know the story. Cameron ran a half marathon, and she fell, and she died of cardiac arrhythmia. 
And after we went through the, the, the significant pain of losing Cameron, you know, the beauty of the entire story is that immediately was birthed the most amazing story of, of giving and that this program became life and it became a cause and it became hope for hundreds of thousands of teens across the country who followed Cameron because they read about her and they became inspired by her and they came to us and said, you can't let this go. You have to do something with this. Cameron was right. Someone needs to fight for us. You need to do this. That was, uh, that was four years ago. And now um, this foundation, my wife and I run together. She's the executive director. We have 12 employees and we run what's called the Speak Up 5K. That's Cameron's race, her signature race. We run it in many cities across the country and we partner with the VCU health system. We're very close to VCU and they've been a phenomenal partner with us. And I think what's amazing about this whole program, Ken, is that it really, it became the driver in my business, my private entity, the business that I run on a daily basis. When I came back to work after grieving the loss of my daughter, my people said, Dave, we have to do this. We have to become change agents and, and, and social warriors here. You, you can't let this go. What are we doing? And so I, I got in. We did more and more and more. And now if you walk into Dominion Payroll Services, they'll tell you we stand for mental health. We're the flag bearers. That's what we do. We have to be great at our payroll and our HR because if we're great at that, then we can be – we can lead the cause here. And the two have become very entwined and um, they're like brother and sister in a way. It's really a beautiful story to me. How do you drive creativity, whether it's at Dominion Payroll Services or at the foundation? So creativity to me is um, – Right, it it like like anyone who tries to describe it, it's almost impossible to describe because it you know it doesn't exist really, and it's always a result of something. When I think about creativity, I I often try to look at the lens of what are we doing regular on a daily basis, and, and here's what I back into that by in in my business and even in 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 our foundation business, we are often rewarded and managed according to doing the same thing repetitively very well. Okay, so in fact, I'm, my business drives revenue by the fact that we do something the same in an expected way. But yet I know for our business to exist in five years or 10 years that we can't do it that way. So I constantly have to ask people to stop looking at things the way they're doing it today. And I have all kinds of tips and tools and I think it begins with the fact that you have to bring such massive diversity into your business. You have to stop hiring the way you think you should. And you have to bring people that don't have any experience in your business or any experience in your academic culture or what you do into your business. And you have to trust that you can teach them. And then you've got to give them a chance. Because the fact is, when those smart people that have no experience in your business come in and they start doing a good job, they change everything because they don't have a lens from a prior history to do it. And we do that all the time. We just built a space down in Scott's Edition, and the core design of our building was small workspaces and lots of collaborative areas, couches, bar top tables, lounge areas, small conference rooms with small workplaces to encourage people to say, okay, look, all right, I've been working for two hours here in a focused way without creativity, 
but I need to problem solve. Well, I probably can't problem solve at my desk. I've got to go somewhere. And you should include people from multidiscipline departments. So you should include people from other departments. And we all know what happens then, right? And so to me, creativity is often derived as much maybe even physically in the way you build your workspace, but also has to come from the top. Your leadership has got to be an encourager of that. And if people don't see maybe me or my management team acting creatively, maybe wearing unique things or, or, or being flamboyant in the way they behave, they won't have that culture. So you have to, you have to act it yourself. You have to be creative. And when they do, you, most pe- you know, people that never thought they had a creative gene in them will, will come around, they'll do it. What are some new things that are coming down the horizon? Well, um, we have a lot of new things. And um, sometimes I, I sit back and I feel a bit overwhelmed when I, <laughs> I list it all out, Ken. There's a, there's a couple of really cool things. Um, at Dominion Payroll Services, we just, we just finished an acquisition in Dallas that is very exciting. And we currently are in negotiations of two more. That's a really cool topic for us because my people are the ones that are really driving the growth there. They're really excited to enter new markets. And our, um, our lower to mid-management are the, really the people that we've asked to, to go and evaluate whether they're culturally good fits. Okay, typically the acquisition style of maybe historical entities was, you know, that the top shelf goes and negotiates with the top shelf and your deal happens. Well, we kind of look at things differently. That success is going to be embedded in whether these two teams can work together and where they see eye to eye and whether they will be creative together. Um, and we did that. We've done that twice now, once in Nashville and once in Dallas. And so um, that's on the horizon. The foundation has got an unbelievable amount of new stuff. There's so much demand for attention around teenage mental health and stigma reduction and conversation and engagement with the kids, with adults, that um, to say what is new, it's almost limitless new. We are managing just 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 the tip of the iceberg to get our, our voice out to say, hey, we're doing something about this. We just launched a 5K race in Nashville that'll go live in April. That'll be our first one there. We're about to do our fifth race in San Diego. We partnered with Radies Children's Hospital out there. And, you know, what, what's new is this. The foundation is no longer a grief story. It's not a story that Cameron ever wanted, ever wanted it to be about maybe her loss. It's now about the fact that her voice is speaking up for millions of kids across the country. And it's an accredited foundation that's doing real work with results. And that's maybe what's most promising to me is that, you know, yeah, we've got all kinds of cool things happening and, um, you know, new races and stuff, but it's a real business. And, and, and Cameron's flag is now officially in the ground. We have, uh, we have one more thing that's really exciting. Um, so my business partner, David Fracken, and I um, are bringing floor shuffleboard to Richmond. I don't know if you got a chance to read about this, but we, um, we just acquired a warehouse in the neighborhood of Scott's Edition, which we all know is a, is a happening place with lots of young millennial talent. And um, we are trying to find new and innovative entertainment venues for our young and or not young, everybody, right? I mean, where, where we can all socially engage and have fun. And I was up in, um, in, in Brooklyn, and I saw one of these. It was a shuffleboard parlor, and I thought, oh, my gosh, we have to do this in Richmond. We have to. Look at this. It's everybody. It's old, young, middle. Uh, I have diversity. Everyone's talking. 
And it's easy to do and it's fun and it's retro. It's got all those cool things. And I thought, you know, we got all this stuff happening in Richmond. We've got this renaissance happening in our property and our education, but our entertainment hasn't followed. And if we're asking all of these millennial people to come and get educated here and then stay here and work here, we're kind of obligated to innovate with them the way they work, live, and play. And play is something that's very important to them. And so um, we're doing that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm challenging my fellow entrepreneurs to go out there and find things that they go into other cities and think are cool and bring them back and make this a place that you think is creative and innovative and interesting. David Gallagher, uh, who is CEO of Dominion Payroll Services and a 2018 AACSB Influential Leader. Thanks so much for joining us today. This was great. Ken? And I am definitely going to go and play some floorboard. Oh, yes. Is you it will. shuffleboard? Or? It's, it's shuffleboard, floor shuffleboard. Look forward to doing that. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. You know I'm a Ram fan. For everyone listening, thanks for joining us yet again. Until next time. Thank you for joining us on the Creativity at Work podcast. To learn more about the Virginia Commonwealth University School of Business and our vision to drive the future of business through the power of creativity, visit us at business.vcu.edu or follow us on social media. Also, you can let the creativity come to you by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, keep up the creativity at work.